Hey guys, welcome back to Scriptures and Stories. Today I'm here with Derek. Derek, how are you doing? Doing pretty good here in Arizona. It is really snowing right now. Wait, what's the in the mountainous part of Arizona? Um, I think it's like 33 right now, but apparently it feels like 24 degrees. Dang, dude, it was um this whole week. Actually, this week's been good. It's been like 60 or like 50s. But when I started practicum, there was a time when the weather was like three degrees each day. It was like five days straight. Oh, wow. It was crazy. Three degrees. Yeah, that is really cold. Yeah. I do not like with that weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Derek, he's a, he's a staff, a teacher at Souls West. So that's how we know each other, right? Because I think the first time I met you was when I got there to Souls West. And I think so. I I remember that I thought you were a student because I was just like, oh, what year are you in? And you're like, no, I'm not in a year. And you started laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, I do look young. So, I mean, I am young. But, But, um, yeah. So, Derek, I just wanted to go through um, your testimony because I remember I think you did it at Souls. Right, I think you've mentioned it, talking about your family and um, things that you went yes. through. Yes. Um, yeah, just once I think. Yeah. So, where would you say that your story starts? Like, if you're looking at your your life, you know, where would you put a pinpoint to the starting point of your story? Start of my story would. I have to definitely start with my parents, kind of like everyone's. Um, it was it just played a crucial part in my whole experience mm-hmm. since when my mom, well, when I was in the belly, my mom was in a like relationship with my dad, and it wasn't like married or anything they're just like just doing their thing in puerto rico my mom had um already been like kicked out of the house from like her sisters because her mom died when she was like um i think like 17 years old so from then onward she just lived like house hopping to different sisters houses and sometimes situations would come up where the sisters wouldn't like it and they'd just kick her out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she she didn't like have too many places to go. And yeah, like for me, um, personally, I, I didn't realize until like actually like about a year ago that yeah, I wasn't supposed to be like a fortunate baby because something happened between them and I was, my mom was forced into labor when I was in the belly. It was about like eight months. So um, I came out very unexpectedly after the incident. And then I was, apparently my lungs weren't fully um, complete, I guess, or like something was wrong with my lungs. So they needed to put me on this machine, right? to see if I would live, I mean, stay alive, but apparently that wasn't so likely. However, I ended up did 
living since I'm here right now. But yeah, yeah. Praise so God. I was basically a baby about to die, but then we survived. And then I moved to Colorado from a young age. So that's where it would start because that's I feel like where all the problems like kind of happen because as you know like when a mother is conceiving and all the emotions and all the things that's going on in her dna and in her mind they get transferred to the child and also what the dad gives too so since all that's being like put into me now i have parts of them that some of them i like and some of them i don't like <laughs> and i have to live with it yeah so um where did you move from you said you moved I moved from puerto rico that's where oh, okay. we that's where i was born in puerto rico yeah okay so growing up in colorado and when you moved how old were you like um, uh maybe two-ish two okay and then we just went back and forth until we permanently stayed in colorado because of there's just a lot of things going on in Puerto Rico that she did like decided to leave it for good. Yeah. So, um, growing up in Colorado, you said that's where all the issues started. Um, what like around what age did these issues come up at? Mm, certain they weren't a they weren't apparent right away. I think now, since I've been looking at my story just a little bit more, um, I've been realizing that, oh, yeah, that that was a problem. I didn't know that was a problem 100% when I was younger because I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking about surviving, eating, and loving my mom and my family. That's it. So I wasn't thinking about too much. Um, but, like, just... I never fully understood why my mom acted in certain ways. She was going through her own personal things as well. <laughs> and I didn't really know how to like, because I didn't fully understand it, that depression was such a powerful thing and what it does to the human body. So um, I didn't know she was going through all those things. So, I mean, I... There are some things that I do remember having, but there are some things that like kind of like basic necessities. Sometimes we wouldn't have them as much. And she gave us like all the love in the world. However, I know that there was times where, you know, like she like depression, like sometimes you don't even want to be next to people and mm -hmm. anything. So you would, she was like held up. Um, by herself sometimes even though she was a stay-at-home mom at some point and so uh like she was there but she wasn't there sometimes <laughs> yeah and i guess like i noticed that a little bit so that's some of the problems i've noticed and my mom and how that relates to me um and just sometimes sadness just seemed to reign in the house a lot more than happiness so I, that was also a problem since it just seemed like there's endless problems that they just made my emotions sometimes even though I wanted to be a happy kid sometimes just dwindle and I just became a kid that just 
never liked physical ties, never liked to even talk to my family at like one point in my story as well. So that's where kind of like the, I don't know what age I was though. I like my memory cut off <laughs> some of my um, memory. So yeah, yeah. That's when it started to happen, I guess. Mm. Um, so you started noticing your mom was like, like going through some things, right? Is that what you're saying? And um, yeah. So is this like, like you know, you you said you don't know an age, but is this like before high school or like elementary school during? Oh, way before high school. Okay, okay. Elementary school age. Elementary school age. Okay, and um, so at this age, is there any like? aspect of god in your life right like do you have that there like what was your upbringing with that yeah it was very very nominal to start off with it was we did go to church but very very rarely at first and it was not until my aunt started coming into our lives again that we started going to church then which was like I don't know, like maybe like fifth grade ish onwards, maybe mm -hmm. that age okay. time frame. And uh, actually, maybe a little bit younger. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, my mom always loved God. She always knew that she wanted to serve Him like whole entire life. It just seems like, you know, it's just maybe even in her mind, maybe she realized this too, but it just seemed. Like, even from what she told me, that she just got dealt, like, a wrong hand. Mm. <laughs> like, and when things try to go good, it didn't go as good as she planned or something came up. And just all these things. And so, but when my aunt came in, we started going to church more. I didn't really like it at first, but just going to church, Jesus was kind of like this. I know I'm supposed to love him, but, like, my house is unstable and my parents are supposed to kind of like resemble God, but they don't. So like, how do I, like, yeah. if I'm trying to think of like a loving father, like my stepdad that I was living with, you know, like he was barely there. He was working two jobs. He was working all the time. And when he was home, you know, he was just tired from work that he didn't really have the emotional capacity to give the rest of that to us as children with his three kids. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was just like hard to, to connect who God is really supposed to be in my life because my mom was going through a whole bunch of things and my dad was also too, but I didn't really know that much because he was always working. So I barely saw him. So it seemed as you could probably guess, like, it seemed like God was really hard for me to even, like, grasp in my brain, like, who yeah. can I connect God to? I mean, as a child, I'm not, really, like, really thinking about, like, um, you know, at, at some point when you're a child, like, your parents are your God. So, like, if my parents are my gods when I'm young, you know, like, that's not, that doesn't click for me in my brain. Mm -hmm. So, he was there, just very, it just seemed very, he just felt so far away sometimes that if I reached out, he wouldn't be able to even notice me. Mm. 
Yeah, I was going to ask, actually, because like you mentioned, the view you have of your parents is like a lot of the times the view you project onto God. So um, like you said, if you reach out to him, you feel like he wouldn't be there. Um, do you feel like you had that idea because you were missing like an aspect of that at home? And like, that's, you know, that's, that's what you're saying, right? Definitely. No, yeah, 100 percent. You know, parents have a very important role to play in their children's lives. and um, you no, know, it's just like they teach you, they show you everything, how how you how you act, how you talk, the way you talk, um, your thought process is, you know, they sometimes even do things where sometimes you can either become insecure or get even more selfish or more greedy just because of the way they act. Like one of the things I know, like for a fact now is that money is not really a positive thing in my life. Like it doesn't, it's just not like a friendly thing. It's just like a thing that I have to do to survive. And it's just like a burden to have. Not that I want to get rid of all of it, but that's just what it seems like just because of the way my parents treated money and how they handled their finances and everything. Hmm. And I really never heard about their finances. They would always say that they're broke, even though sometimes we would do things that I'm like, oh yeah, are broke people really going to do this if they're broke? Anyways, like it's just like money wasn't, a big good thing in my life even now i'm still trying to like fix that in my brain about money's not evil hmm. yeah so, so they teach you everything so even with god so anyways i cut you off. yeah um so at this age you said like fifth grade sixth grade um progressing after that did your view of god change or how you viewed him at all um or what what else happened in your life I think the first time my view of God changed a little bit, or I guess an aspect of God, was in middle school when I joined drama class. I think this was like the seventh grade. Yeah, it had to be like the seventh grade. And I was in a play, and I was not really like a big, a big person in the play. However, I did have a very, I was like the only person in my whole entire crew that didn't need a microphone. Because they, they didn't even bother because my voice was already loud enough. Like I had a very projected voice. And yeah. I knew that I did have a voice. Um, and there's a series of plays. And it went on from, I think, like Wednesday to Friday. And I went to Wednesdays and Thursdays. And on Friday, the evening, it was in the evening, and the sun was going down. And my mom was like, hey, like, are you going to go to this thing or are you going to keep the Sabbath? And I was like, huh? The Sabbath? What do you mean? And so she explained it a little bit, just a little bit more. I mean, I kind of knew the basics of it, but I just didn't know why she was making it a deal now out of all times. Um, and I don't know. It's really hard for me, though, because I had this thought of, like, what would people think of me if I didn't? go and do this like I have a part and if I'm not there in the part that means a whole entire section is like missing and it kind of ruins things a little bit and I was just like scared of what people might view me as and so that's another insecurity that like I guess built up over the years however I finally made the decision because just thinking about it a little bit I was like okay I'll just keep this out 
don't even know how you do that, but I'll do it. And then that night, instead of going to a play, I stayed home and my mom talked about heaven. And we just had just a little dialogue about it. And that was the first time I saw when she was just describing to me what heaven would really be like and what to expect there. And that was the first time I felt like so alive in my in that moment with my mom was we were connected spiritually, especially with that conversation. Mm. So that was when like spiritual things became just a little bit more intriguing to me was after that time. Okay. Yeah. Wait, let me back back up a little bit. Um, so fifth grade, you're introduced to God and to Christianity, things like that. Um, and then this is like seventh grade where this is happening. But when you're introduced to Christianity and God, we all have these like expectations of what a Christian is supposed to be like, you know, like you do these things, you don't do these things. Um, so let me ask you this and you can share as much as you want or not share as much as you want. But is there anything that you were doing in your life, like fifth to seventh grade or, you know, after that or whatever that you felt was like affecting your relationship with god or damaging it or something you're like man this is not what a christian does like was there anything that was like affecting that you know well i i could tell you that i didn't really have a relationship with god so <laughs> for for affecting it that like the biggest thing i've done is just like not doing it at all so okay yeah, yeah. but I i will say that even though that it was like brought into the family more and we were just going to church and everything and all this now and even joining Pathfinders, it was really hard for me to know what a real Christian should be, you know, like, especially already hearing from what my family and how even the family dynamics work, you know, I like, it was very hard for my household to not have screaming and not have fights and not have, all these unhappy times, it seemed that even on Saturdays, where it's supposed to be a day of rest, it seemed like the worst day of the week was on Saturday. Like that's when yeah. the most fights would happen. And so some some kids, you know, maybe they grew up to really enjoy Sabbath. I didn't. I really Sabbath was a day that I actually strongly disliked, only because like it seemed like that that was a day that they were the least Christian on a day that they should be the most Christian. And that just affected me a lot because I didn't have any spiritual mentors around me too much. And if they did, they were just very distant, which didn't help. So anyways, in terms of what affected it, since I never had a good example of what a Christian should be, there's no way that I could have even become a good Christian. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, do you feel like those experiences, not only like were you not able to like know what a good Christian is like, but do you feel like it negatively affected like your view of Christianity or were you were you still like, oh, no, this is this is truth. Or were you like, man, this thing's not working. Like I can see in my family that it doesn't do anything. Right? Like what was your what was your mindset? Yeah, You know, yeah, I think I think. I was definitely questioning it at some points. However. When it came to what the books were saying, I was like, well, the books are saying it. So it must be how that is. But obviously, the people I'm living with aren't living up to whatever this is saying. So either this is wrong or they're wrong, but one of them are wrong. 
And I feel like, I don't know, like what the Bible said and what it showed, it it made sense. You know, I just mm-hmm. didn't fully understand it, but it made more sense than what my family was showing me. So I was like, okay, like, I don't know where I'm going to get this or how to get this, but I just need a, I didn't even know where to search. Like even in my church, I was a part of Like I even tried to get Bible studies from the pastor and everything sort of worked. Like I got baptized, but I don't even know why, like fully got baptized. Like just because I studied like a series of Bible studies that like I kind of understood even though I studied them with me, but I didn't like fully because I just still had certain questions. Um, I don't know, like, did that answer your question? Yeah. Um, sort of? Yeah, I think it's like, like I, I can relate on you saying like the baptism part because when you get baptized at such a young age, they're just like, uh, do you believe in these 28 fundamentals? And you're just like, yeah, <laughs> sure. You know? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, they were like, are you going to pay tithe? I was like, yeah, like, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so, it, and then... I don't even got money to pay tithe. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I I, I feel that. Um, so, at this point, like, what do you think? We're, like, seventh grade or around that time? or Because um, you said you're starting to question things, right? But um, you, you knew that the book was right, right? So... Did, did that understanding of like, oh, the book is right, did that come from just like through time? Or d- is there like a moment where you were like, no, like I know this book is like truth, you know? Like what what grounded you that the Bible is truth? Mm, I think I, I knew that there was something good in the world. And I knew that there were good people just i haven't met them yet (laughs) they're somewhere i just didn't know where they were and i was like man i wish my family could be it and obviously healing i didn't know that people could change your brains or anything but i was like okay um there is good so that means the good has to come from somewhere like it didn't make sense to me the whole entire evolution thing like it just it didn't make sense especially with the whole entire like the, the sharp arrival of the fittest, but we have this whole entire concept of love and giving love and receiving love. I don't know. It didn't fit with the evolutionist ideas. And I felt like evolutionists, like they, it was just a different vibe to them that I didn't feel was fulfilling. And I guess I wasn't the most happiest kid. So like Christianity, even if I was wrong, you know, like at least... I would be wrong having hope other than some of these other cats that didn't have hope. So like I wasn't too grounded in it, but I knew that there was something different about the Bible that I knew that was just different from what everything that I've seen growing up that I knew that if it, like it does sound a little too good to be true, but like it doesn't sound impossible to me. Yeah. You just, you wanted like hope right and like fulfillment yeah you're yeah yeah and um so i I remember earlier you said um you were oh it was you were insecure about how people viewed you um did this still continue on into seventh grade like early high school things like that yeah so that started actually in seventh uh second grade 
um, that was a while back because I had problems going to the bathroom like consistently regularly and sometimes I wouldn't notice because I think maybe my muscles were weak or something I don't know but I was still wearing pull-ups in second grade which is yes it's a little bit older to be wearing pull-ups I know but I just couldn't control sometimes it was a medical thing and my teacher should do it um make fun of me and I think that's when my insecurity definitely started because her making fun of me actually made me stop going to the bathroom in school at all until I got home, which is it's like, I forgot how much time that was, but that was a long time. That was in school, not using the bathroom, and then all of a sudden doing it at home to the point where I couldn't use the bathroom at all because it was so stuffed up. And mm. I basically went to the hospital for like a week of it what and they told me that if i would have came like a few days later that i would have died so it was like this very interesting thing like they had tubes like going up my nose into my throat into my belly like all this stuff and after that like i was just like i just felt you know just like very insecure just about like <laughs> just my body in, in general i was like wow like yeah. I literally almost died in a hospital. Like, I'm not going to go to school anymore because my mom said that she's going to homeschool me. And like, what are people going to think? Like, I don't know. I just like had all these things in my brain that, that I think that's a good starting point for where my, I guess, insecurity about like my body and how I felt about it started. Dang. So your, your body is literally reacting to like how you feel, like your insecurities. Mm. Yeah. That's true. Dang. So, um, so this is continuing on, right? And um, did did you see it affecting any as like any other aspects of your life, like just having that idea of like <clears throat> of like I'm not enough, you know, things like that. Like, did that affect anything? Oh yeah, certain friends, me not going out of my way. There was even a time where, what time was this? I think this was like six. Sixth grade, seventh grade-ish around that time, my mom and dad got in a fight and they 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 split, they split for a time. They didn't divorce, they just split for a time, right? And at that time, you know, I was just like, I guess I was going through a lot. And I recently found out that my stepdad is not my real dad. So I'm like, what? Like, huh? You're telling me what? And so yeah, it was just like a lot that. I guess affected me that I didn't like physical touch at all. So mm. I didn't, I just always, always by myself. And it was just, I don't know, my mom basically, she really purposed in her heart to hug me every day. And I hated it. I hated every bit of it. And I still felt just very low, but I think my mom's hugs just helped me over time i i made man it was a very long time i can't remember how long it was but it was a very long time that she would hug me i just make her feel so bad like how dare you hug me like you woman or something <laughs> and just like horrible you know like why yeah. would a child act like that but over time like i finally started gaining more i guess confidence in my mom's love for me which made me just a little bit more confident person too so that helped a little bit and 
Then I started hugging my dad after I was, I guess, quote unquote fixed, but just like, I started hugging my dad because he didn't like physical touch too when they were split apart. And yeah, she said that after I was doing that, he was so like shocked that he actually changed himself too. So it was cool that by physical touch, you know, it, it changed a lot of my family aspect and just how I was just a little bit more confident, at least that I know that my family loves me because like you know I thought like I was just on the verge of like do they actually love me or do they not do they love me because I was just born into the family do they have to or do they actually mm. so I was just doing all that like at school I'm like okay like I always have that question like you're my friend but like why are you actually my friend like <laughs> yeah I don't know like I just I didn't have too much confidence in people to actually like love me the know I the way that I know that I want to be loved in a way. So having that like worthless worthlessness in my brain, I don't know. That was it took a very long time. Even now, like sometimes it's a sometimes a struggle that comes up and you're like, oh man, now I need a I need to remind myself what I actually am because he's just trying to get into my brain like what I've been struggling with. I mean a while back I was struggling with so yeah it was just a continuation like it affected everything how I made friends how I even talked to people everything how I thought yeah hmm. yeah dude I I can kind of relate with that a little bit because but I, I would say I was like a, like flipped a little bit instead of um because for me I, I haven't done my testimony yet on this podcast but I want to um soon but for me I just wanted to be loved right i wanted to be um wanted right uh, and it seems for mm. you you couldn't believe that you were loved right so it's kind of similar mm. right um and it's these lies that kind of get introduced in our life that it's like you know like this is you like you can't be loved or like this is you you need something else to be loved <clears throat> um so so going through high school you have this idea um and um but but you said that you're like yeah like this this book is real right the bible is real um what like what changed like what what's the next progression for your life i think the next progression is the introduction to youth rush okay well actually before even high school i went to um an army bible camp it was it was in summit uh it was in um campground in colorado anyways they're having army army bible camp but like ivor myers and certain other speakers and they're standing up for their faith in the last days and they had even people go up against the pope quote unquote um to have ask like yeah. these difficult questions that like they had to you know for the faith and man when they're just like bringing all these arguments and people like going up there and stating what they believe like so hardly and so like so raw and real i was like wow like these people really know their bible like what in the world like what am i missing and so that was like another thing that i was like wow like i, I think i should start reading this book more and then shortly after um somebody introduced me to youth rush and going, going into the bible camp yeah. um what was your mindset were you like oh yeah like a christian thing i want to do this or were you kind of forced to do it like what was like what, what was going into that I was definitely forced to do it. 
I didn't want to be there. I don't. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's like I want, I want God, but my parents and just my relationship with them just always affected my ultimate view on God and like. If they're treating me so horribly and sometimes I was just like having so so much like um fights with them or this or that or the other I'm like man does I don't know like God does he I don't know like I felt like sometimes like he was a loving God but then sometimes I was like man this God just likes to see me suffer sometimes but yeah I didn't want to be at that camp after I saw what they knew uh that's right when I, I started enjoying it was when I saw like how people stand up and how different it was and how how different they just seemed how much earnestness and like how much zeal they had in their eyes and I thought that was like amazing to see because I haven't seen that in my parents or like even in my aunts or anything so that was like something that got me interested and I was like almost at the end of the camp though and um yeah in that picture so the this is the first time you're seeing people who you're like oh man like maybe these are real christians you know yeah definitely i was thinking that hmm. so did you so is that that's when you got introduced to youth rush so this is i'm guessing like near the end of high school no it was more like the the like uh what was it like ninth tenth grade okay okay yeah sure so the start of our ish of high school um i got introduced um around like 17 years old and then i went to the summer like at 17 as well um and that was that was i think that changed a lot because going i mean even before i went to youth first i was like okay this is a christian Wait, so like program what really quick that um that space between army bible camp and youth rush i don't know how long that was but were you trying to like oh like i need what they have so were you trying to replicate it yourself like setting your bible things like that or what were you, what was your what were you doing sort of however it's just it just diminishes like whenever i try to start something sometimes it's just like people are afraid of change Sometimes when they see something that is not what they're used to seeing, it makes them uncomfortable. Mm. So when I'm trying to change something about myself, it makes my family uncomfortable because I am different in their eyes now. I'm changing. Mm. And sometimes even when you are changing, people sometimes like they do the wrong thing and sometimes being super surprised and sometimes like, putting you down because they don't like the uncomfortability so when that happens i think like i I go down with them as well even though i shouldn't but like i did so like yeah i would start studying and then it would go down and i'll start studying and then it'll go down so it was like this definitely like roller coaster with that because i wanted to change but it didn't seem like i could change because mm. I wasn't allowed to change because of the family, what they thought, what my friends thought, everything. Like, even when I was, like, changing, I even stopped cussing. And um, I, 
I remember like a certain time, my friends, they were just like, you know, just, I wish we had the old Derek back. We used to cuss all the time, used to have lots of fun. And like, I was like, dang, like, it's not, but I don't want that anymore. Yeah. But my friends want that. So this is interesting. Anyways, it was just something that was just conflicting in my mind for a time. But I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to let it go. Like, I, I feel like I need this. Even though it's hard to change, like, I feel like I don't want to let go of the little bit of progress that I have made. Mm. So you wanted to change, but then because of, like, people around you, you felt like you couldn't? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So, okay, so going and into you. Definitely not the only person in huh? Sorry, sorry, go. Say no, I was just saying I'm definitely not the only person who's thought that or when has gone through that yeah at this point no definitely um there's a lot of like i guess peer pressure is the right word of like like dude like like you're different and it's like you know like we want the old you it's like bro like i'm yeah like i'm better like this is like i'm a new person you know um i remember bill crick he's like the director for He's a director for like literature ministries um, for like a Christian church. But Bill Crick, <clears throat> he did this um, worship for us at Souls. And it was like, un- like I think it was called Aroma or something or Sweet Perfume. And um, oh, yes. Was, yeah, do you remember that? He was talking about how like, yeah. like as Christians, we have this like aroma, right? Like symbolic, right? This like perfume or aroma that people notice. And some people are like, oh, man, I want that. And some people are like, I don't want that because they're not used to that, right? Because they're used to like a mm. like a bad stench. Um, this is all like symbolic, mm. not like an actual, you know. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, some people are just used to living in like lies, living in death, living in um, sin. And um, when you come in like changed, they don't want that. Right? They don't want that. They're like, bro, like, get out of here. You're different, you know. And I, I think mm-hmm. you, I think what you said is right. It does resonate with a lot of people. But um, going into Uthrush, you're still kind of like you know like this roller coaster, right? Um, mm-hmm. And what does Uthrush do for you? It it worried me because I was like, wow, there are happy people here, but I know they're fake. Like, I know they're not really <laughs> this happy. Because um, I have never seen that before. And that people like studying the Bible and that aren't, like, outrightly like, you're a sinner, like, and everything that you're doing. It was just, like, so different. And I felt like that was the first time I, like, was steadily, not super fast, but I was steadily, like, just going up virtually. Mm. But definitely with Youth Rush. And even before Youth Rush, a series of like prayer requests were answered like back to back to back to back. Mm. Yeah, almost. I was like, okay, I guess I have to go to Youth Rush now. Um, not because <laughs> they're making me or anything, but like it, like, it seemed like God was just like, hey, like, wake up, man. You need to go. I'm like, all right, you know, show me what you could do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you'll do it, but you can try. Yeah, dude. Um, so 
that reminds me of um or, or that makes me think so you go to youth rush and you see people who are happy right and you are trying to change like you know you're, you're trying to have that change in your life but you're not seeing it right because you're trying and trying and trying it's not coming um so mm -hmm. are like man that's just such a um interesting like concept or idea of like you're trying to change and you see people who are changed and you're like man i want that right so um yeah what was your like i were you still like kind of closed off from those people who you're like oh they're fake or were you like no i want what they have you know mm. for like a whole three days and then the rest of the summer apparently i was like so loud that they needed to shut me up at multiple times because <laughs> it's just like it, it was a short time however i was like okay like if i could be myself around these people and still have everything be good then you know maybe god will be okay with how i am now too but he obviously doesn't want to keep me there but he's just okay with me now so like especially when my leaders the spiritual leaders um they're really good in that i know that they were going through a lot of hard times and it was just awesome to finally see prayers being answered like before my eyes like i know i like i've seen prayers answered like right before the summer but like but me praying and me seeing not that we need to see but it was just like at the time i guess it really helped me to finally yeah. see that he wasn't as far away as i thought he was yeah like from when i was thinking Wait, say that again yeah that helped like from when i was younger when i thought that like i'll reach out my hand and that he'll never notice it seemed now finally that like even if i talk he'll hear me out because i'm like doing his work i don't know it's just like something that, like it changed a lot everything so so you oh man so you felt like because you were doing his work now he's like all right i'll look at you yeah that that is that is something that i did think and i wondered what it would look like if i wasn't doing his work as well yeah. so i don't know yeah that is an interesting thing to think about yeah i think it comes back to that root um of what you were talking about earlier just like needing to be loved right or or like you can't you can't feel love because you're like oh god would only care about me if I'm doing something for him, you know, it's like, I'm not inherently lovable. Like I can't be loved myself, but, um, only when I'm doing something for someone, can I be, you know, can I, can I be loved by them? And like, can they actually care for me? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that was like really good. I guess that, was a little bit of a thought process for me like oh okay if i'm doing his work however after i started doing youth rush i i inherently knew that i would always be doing his work after that like it will never stop and not like i'll always be canvassing or doing like radical things for the lord but even simple things 
because I was learning a lot that summer, you know, like I even heard that. I mean, I even wrote, uh, read, um, forgot where I found this, but where even if you know how to cook, like you're already a medical missionary, like you, you're doing, you're doing, you could do things yeah. for the Lord. So I knew that canvassing wasn't the only thing because I was learning it through this whole summer. And I was like, okay, like obviously God wants us to do something. Um, and so, and I was also learning that like, it's not that we have to, but that we're doing it because we already are loved. Like we're not, how do I say this? Somebody said it like, we're not working to be loved. We're working because we are loved. And I was just trying to find what that actually was that summer. Mm. Like what that actually meant. And that was really hard for me, of course, but I knew it was possible to get there. I was just trying to mentally get there to that point. Yeah, like like just having to comprehend it, you know? Because like you know that yeah. that's the truth, but it just hasn't clicked, right? Yes, exactly. That's it. Mm. So after this summer, are you, it seems like you're like on fire, right? You're like, you know, you have these experiences where you're like, you know, God is real. Um, how did that change your school life or your life outside of the summer? Man, I was on top of the world. I thought it was like holding God's hand. And I went home and I was like, you know what? This house needs some reformation. That's what it needs. <laughs> and so I started being a godly person at home. And just failed miserably. Like it, it's still with that thing. Like the you see change, and it's like, whoa. Like I mean, I remember the first time I walked through those doors after the seven. My mom was like, whoa. Like you're not my son. Like where'd you, where'd you, what do you do to him? Because I was just so different. Which she didn't really like hate. However, was just different for her, and. I didn't find this out until later, but she realized that there was something at home that she couldn't provide for me in order for me to continue growing spiritually. Mm. I don't know how she thought of that, but it just came to mind when I went home. And so it was kind of like a struggle for her too, to like, I want to harbor this, but how long is it going to last? Because she has a negative mindset too. And there was this, oh no, there was this one fight that we got into. And I remember after that fight, I was like, man, like, really? Like, you went through a whole entire summer, like, spending time with God and getting answers, prayers, but apparently a whole entire summer still wasn't enough. Hmm. And that's when I, I'm so positive that the enemy just came in and be like, oh, you see, like, you're trying to change, but it didn't work. Here you are again, back from where you started. And yeah. I was like, oh, man. And that's when I started going down more and more and more. And I was like, oh. Until I went to Youth Fresh again. And then and it was just, yeah, roller coaster spirituality. That was, that was for a long time. Yeah, I mean, that that lie of like, yeah, I mean, see, you're trying and trying. It's not working, right? Um, I mean, not really lie because i mean it is true like no matter how hard we try it seems like we're always stuck in those things right not knowing that 
like Jesus offers us the change. Um, and so, yeah, then, then you're saying like the enemy comes in, he's like, see, look at where you're at. You like might as well just give up. Um, <clears throat> so going into your second summer, you're back to where you were started at, right? Like just roller coaster. Um, did the second summer like impact you more or less or like, how did that work out? What, what was the um, impact there? It, it, it was always more when I went to those places, it was always more, um, just it took a while to get more just, um, on my second summer, that's when I finally decided to go to souls West, which is the Bible college that I ended up, ended up graduating from. Because the first summer, it was really nice. And I knew that I did not go there for the people. And I don't really go anywhere for any people. And however, I didn't like the, the leadership my first summer too much. There's just certain things, complications, made me have like just a certain distaste. I'm like, okay, if souls made leaders like this, like what kind of school is it really? Mm. And my second summer, Still people from souls, different scenario. And in my first summer, they're going through a lot. Okay, they're going through a lot and other things. I understand that. I didn't understand that at that moment, but I understand that. But my second summer, it really gave me a lot of hope. I'm like, okay, like, I don't know if I'll be able to even become a leader, but sure, let me, let's try this out. I want to know what I believe in and why I believe in it. So let's go to a school that does that. And yeah. that's when I made the decision, my second summer, to go to souls. Yeah. Well, let me rewind a little bit. So coming into the summer, do you think you like what What was your reasoning for coming in? Because I know you mentioned that, like, you know, this lie was brought in where like, man, you did a summer and that's not even enough. So did you feel like you had to do another summer? You're like, maybe now I'll change. Or were you like, what was your motive? Um, I didn't want to go back, back to the second summer. I wanted to do something else. And that's something else. You know, I think man it's so interesting i was wanting to go to like a camp right but however things just kept getting put off put off put off i felt like god did that on purpose because he needed to show me something yeah but until the last minute and they were like no nah, it ain't gonna work out you can't do the camp i'm like man no way no way that you're telling me to go to the summer again lord and <laughs> i saw i called i called AJ at the time, who was the, who was the person with the whole entire youth rush, all of youth rush, well, CCC, Central California youth rush, sorry. And man, after that one call, he was like, oh, look, you're already in the system, already got you set up. I was like, man, what in the world? There's no way. You're like, no, Anyways, God, please. No. <laughs> I know. It was like, it was like literally less than 10 minutes. He already had me in the system, ready to go. I was like... <laughs> bro there's no way like it's like a week before i need to go there like oh anyways i was like all right lord let's see what you could do i just always had like i knew that he could change me but i didn't i had a mental block of if he actually could change me mm. that was like limiting limiting god in a way yeah. because of my faith yeah, just the, I mean, unbelief is like a huge thing in the New Testament, right? And um, yeah. that's like the, that's the limiter. That's the only 
like requirement is to believe that it's that he does change us um <clears throat> so second summer it's a lot better i'm assuming it sounds like than the first summer um in terms of oh, leadership yeah. right is what you're saying yes absolutely so now you go to souls west and what was your like what was your reasoning for going to souls west because you said you wanted to just learn more yeah learn more about the bible what yeah. does actual like christian leadership look like what does a christian look like you know i knew that we were going to be canvassing a lot which i was like okay i'm not that most skilled canvasser but i love canvassing because i mean it, it keeps me humble keeps me like in my place to know my place to not think of me myself like higher or too low but just to like really learn how to rely on god and i was like okay I'm going to be learning all these things while having practice trusting in God. So, you know, I think this is a full package deal. Like it's the whole entire thing. Like, I feel like God wants me to go here. So yeah, it was like, it was so just amazing. The whole entire experience at souls It's two years. So I'm skipping over a lot, but yeah, a lot of things that happen at souls just really changed my view of like how i see god how i see leadership how i see other people how i even relate with them and how to be a real christian leader and it seemed really hard for me the whole entire thing <laughs> but yeah yeah it, it was just amazing it was just so super cool for me anyway yeah um going into souls was your relationship or, or not relationship but the way you like um viewed your walk as a christian was that still like a roller coaster yeah i mean it, it was it was even going into souls it i felt like i really wanted to though so i wanted to learn so it was a roller coaster however i never wanted to stop trying and getting up again and again because i knew that it had power I just, I haven't found it yet. Mm. So, um, so wait, so did you meet Christy your second summer? My first summer. Your first summer. Also second summer or no? Was she not in your second summer? Um, she was, she was in a different program. Okay. Second summer. But she did, I, I went to Souls with her. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, how was Souls? Like what, what? Did you find that at Souls? You know, you said you wanted to find that thing that would make you constant. Yeah. And so I guess back up because you mentioned Christy because I forgot to add her into the story. <laughs> so my first summer, right? I met this girl um, a little bit before that. I um, like got out of a relationship and for the rest of like that high school year, which was like, I don't know, like in eighth grade. Yeah. The end of ninth grade. I was just like so cold against girls. Very cold. Like they were cool, but if they ever tried to like ask me, I'll be like, nah. Like even before they even say it, finish in the question or anything. And I'll be like, nah, I'm not interested. So <laughs> like um, you were rejecting people? yes dang um and so when i was 
going into the summer, like I knew there was going to be girls. That I was like, uh, uh-uh. like even before I even went there, I was like, all right, no girls. You're here for Jesus and Jesus alone. So no matter how pretty they look or however, like don't get yourself involved. So yeah. And Christy was in that program. And, you know, I think a really big part for me to like not trust girls was the fact that they didn't love Jesus. However, I'm in a program where apparently all these girls love Jesus. So I'm like, yeah, do they actually love Jesus? Because you could say you love Jesus and like, you're like completely like two-faced and everything. So I don't know. Like, I know this is Christian, but I know y'all could be fake. So anyways, obviously those barriers got broken down by the end of the summer. Like, I like this girl. She was actually pretty cool. Christy. And we kept in touch, not like really a relationship or whatever, but we kept in touch for like a while, a long while, even until the second summer and the whole entire first year of Souls up until the second year of Souls. So anyways, yeah, we were friends for a while, but I had a purpose, right? So. But yeah, she definitely helped me in my spiritual walk, especially with this one entire thing of like, oh, am I worthy? But how the anyways, like all this stuff about well, I guess that's the root of it. Like, am I really worthy? Like that's the root of it. So in, in this root with this person, new person in my life, you know, and she's spiritual and she knows a lot about the Bible, like I thought that'd be be really cool to be able to have somebody to talk to about that type of stuff since my family like yes but no <laughs> so it's just really awesome to have like a spiritual partner i guess you could say coming out of the summer because i talked to some people but not long enough to stay like as a companion because i lived in colorado everyone lived in california so i was very far away from everyone that summer yeah, so she came into my life, and then we went to Seoul together, and she really helped my spiritual walk because she she really encouraged me spiritually. So in terms of like that worthiness and like how I view God or how God views me and how that relationship could grow and everything, she was definitely a big part of my spiritual walk. Not that she needed to be, but it just helped to be able to have somebody that was spiritual next to me. Hmm. Not physically, but like just next to me. And yeah, yeah. So so yeah, souls um going through it, like being in that atmosphere helped me a lot, you know? So I'm assuming it helped you too. But what what was that like moment when you're like, I'm not a roller coaster, you know? Like it is I'm changed. It was when I, uh, okay, I'll share two stories. Okay, so when I, when I was away in the first year of Souls West, I went home for a time for one of the breaks, and I found my brother, you know, hanging out with one of his friends. And in this sit- whole entire scenario, it was like around like Christmas time or whatever, we were going to the store or whatever. He was going to go hang out with his friend up in the mountain somewhere. Well, that's where they live. And he stopped by Walmart. 
when they stopped by Walmart, apparently he took something. He was already taking drugs at this point, but he took something that was laced. And his heart stopped in the middle of Walmart in the line. And he passed out. And we were in another store. We got a call. We drove right over there right away. And we ran inside that Walmart. And he was just surrounded by, like, paramedic people getting, like, situated and everything. So he, he finally woke up. But, like, they were... They were pushing on him, and it was it was just really crazy because, man, it was like around Christmas time, so Walmart was full, like the line was full, and here we just have my brother just pass out on the floor because he just did drugs. So that was a hard experience for me, and I thought he was gonna die. So mm. he was he was in the hospital. Everything got situated. Praise God, it was good. Um, I think it was like say that year. Maybe my track to the second year of Souls, I went to go visit. And I was hanging out with him. And he was going to pick up a friend. He was like, I want to pick up a friend. And it was the same guy that he hung out with the year before mm. that he almost died from. And I was like, no way that you're still hanging out with the same exact dude in my brain. I didn't say that out loud. And in that time, the the friend, he asked me like, oh, like, why does God make a sin? I'm like, I'm sorry, what'd you just say? He's like, why does God make a sin? And everything. So I, I kind of called him out a little bit and I was like, hey, look, do you mind if I give you a Bible study? I know you don't want one. But do you mind if I give you one really quick? And he was like, all right, sure. I don't think you're going to change my brain. Anyways, we went through the whole entire owl, Lucifer, pyramid to Satan, and fell from the earth. Not from the earth, to the earth. Anyways, the whole entire process. And anyways, he was blown away with it. He was blown away. He was like, wow, like, this is crazy. And I felt at that moment, because... When he told me something about God, I didn't get like angry for anything about me. It was just like, I didn't even feel like I needed to defend myself. Matter of fact, I felt like I needed to like almost defend God. I was like, whoa, like, how dare you talk to my friend like that? Like, those assumptions are huge. Mm. Don't talk to bad about my friends. So I, I felt like at that moment, I was like, wow, like I feel for God just a little bit more that want to show people who he really is. Like that was just a big thing for me. That was huge. And it was just awesome to be able to even see his, um, his reaction. And he just got up, walked out with my brother, didn't um, see him for a while. And then like, when I actually started working at Souls, which is like, I don't know, like three years later, my brother told me, he was like, hey, like, remember that time you guys gave that Bible study to the guy's name? Um, T, T is his name. So T, um, he told me afterwards that when he's been asking pastors, he's been asking like so many people and he was never able to find that an answer to that question of in his mind what he thought that god made a sin but apparently he didn't 
and I just made it so plain and so just made it like stick to his brain that it helped him a lot and so I don't know it was just like a really awesome testimony to be able to see that like wow like I feel for God and I definitely know that he's more in my life than he was before or else I wouldn't have feelings to somebody I didn't I wasn't close to Mm. if that makes sense sorry that was a little bit of a tangent to like all the stories but yeah no for sure so you you notice a change inside of you right yeah yeah and um definitely yeah after souls um i mean i i don't know is there anything else you want to add about like during souls like what i don't know things that that you like i don't know what what things that you were like man this is something that you know god has taken care of in my life or this is something that you know i see that um i was struggling with but now you know god has taken care of things like that oh yeah especially with my family um i put i put my whole entire family in god's hands because the first time that my brother almost died from drugs i was like well i had a chance to stay at home or go back to souls and i was like lord I can't do anything here. I'm just going to put them in your hands and you're going to have to take care of them. And I don't know how you're going to do that, but you are going to do that. And he did. He did. He kept them very alive and certain things just changed my family that I never thought could ever happen. And it was only because I just put it all in the Lord's hands. He was just working when I was working for him. So Mm. it was all being taken care of. And my love for my family also grew at souls so much just for even the people around me, just, just spending more time with the lord and just just like really learning about his love i finally found the love i was looking for to finally love my parents with that or not just my parents just my family in general Uh, everyone yeah so So, those are a couple things when was the moment that you realized like like oh i am worthy like god has called me his son i'm loved Um, because like you said that root issue was i'm not worthy right like i'm not good enough when did you have that? Um, I don't have a definite point. Sure, yeah, yeah. However, I do know at just the first year of Souls already, like, you know, it was only the first year, but it was very, like, I was like, okay, Lord, this is what you say about me, but I don't feel that way. Mm. So now I need to... Like I knew it intellectually and sometimes I would feel it, but sometimes I wouldn't. So I'd be like, I'm not sure it's supposed to go off a feeling. I'm just supposed to go off of what you're saying. So I would just try to keep that in my brain all the time. Like you do feel worthless, but you're not. Mm. Like it's kind of like when you're looking at the clouds and it's raining and storming and it's the middle of the day and it just looks dark because of how cloudy it is. Um, Like, I need to keep in my brain that behind all that storm, there's still a sun that is shining bright. Mm. Yeah. Um, One of my favorite quotes is, do not wait to feel like you're made whole, but say, I believe it. It is so not because I feel it, but because God has promised. So like, just like you're saying, like, Mm. our feelings, like feelings aren't Lord, right? Like feelings aren't like the ruler of your life. And like you said, like you knew the book was yeah. true, right? And the book tells you you're worthy, 
God tells you you're worthy. So, um, and a big thing is like we talked about belief, right? It's like, do I believe that I'm worthy? Am I worthy? Like the book says I am. So am I going to believe that regardless of my feelings? And that's really cool that you're able to like break that down, you know, um, in your head mm. to break that down and yeah. have that understanding. So yeah, not at this point in your life, like you, you know, you're loved, you know, you're worthy and you're just wanting to share that. Like you said, like with that, you know, your brother's friend, you're wanting to share that going out of souls. Did that like, you know, what, what happened? It was, it was like a hit into the real world because for two years, you're in a very, very, lack of a better word, they're kind of like a sheltered environment, not because like they're trying to intentionally keep you sheltered, but hmm. like everyone's spiritual. Everyone wants to be with Jesus. Everyone loves Jesus. And so everyone wants to grow with Jesus too. And then when you leave, like uh, you go to church again and people don't want to be going with Jesus. They don't even act like Jesus. They don't even want to grow. Like, so it's like, contrast i'm like okay um i was kind of sheltered because i wasn't next to people that openly really don't want to grow at all and i was with people that been wanting to grow for like two years so yeah that was hard but i i stayed i stayed more strong than the first time in youth rush i was like okay i at least know where i stand so i just need to keep that on my brain keep jesus on my mind and i'll be good but yeah, just after I went into like Bible working in Utah, where we were like going to all the churches, that was really cool to be able to see God work in that way. Even at times that I like felt like super lonely, like God came through in certain ways. I was like, wow. I started to become more emotional too when I read the Bible. I was like, start crying while reading the Bible. I was like, wow, this is weird. I I don't cry. Yeah. About this kind of stuff, so that's different. So I know that it was really changing me. And I was just like, yeah, I was letting him just do whatever he wanted. And I'm like, I want you to do that. So yeah, it was just constant growth little by little and hard experiences, but you know, hard experiences happen to everyone. Just as long as you trust, you, you overcome. Hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're grounded, you know, like you got that, um, man there's this quote there's this other quote and i used to resonate with this quote i i said this in the last podcast i did with charles but there's this quote and i used to resonate with it um it's um it says the christian life is like a plant um const it's the christian life is like a plant uh silent and imperceptible but continuous and you know the way i used to resonate with that quote is like i don't even know where i got this I think it might be like later down in the paragraph or something, but it says like, I, I was like, man, my life is like a plant and plants are either growing or dying. They're like, never stagnant. So for me, I was like, man, like the Christian life is like that roller coaster, right? You're either up or down. But what I missed is that the quote says that the Christian life is silent and imperceptible yet continuous, right? That the quote says it's continuous. Mm. And um, so when you're changed right and when you're you realize who you are in god like that growth is continuous right you're not no longer on that roller coaster because you know who you are and um, so it seems like you're grounded in who you are now you're grounded in that that you're able to grow continuously um in that and share that with people i know you have a story of like how you shared that with some dude oh no that was during souls huh the the walmart story 
Oh, yes, Walmart. So that was right after the first year of Seoul COVID summer. We we couldn't go even to Youth Rush because everything was closed down, obviously. Yeah. I started working in Walmart because what better thing to do? <laughs> my parents already moved to Mexico. I was living with my brothers and they were never home. So I was like, you know, what better thing to do? And make money while I waste my time. Okay, so let's do it. Uh, yeah, and I felt like that was a time where I really got close to God because I realized that I was on my own in a certain sense. And I really had to leave everything in his hand or else like my way is not going to work at all. So yeah, going in Walmart, it was really cool to be able to meet all these different people from different backgrounds. And it seemed to be just Walmart was just pretty gloomy. I can't say that for all Walmarts, but mine was. But I, I do hear a lot of stories that that's just like what an army looks like. Anyways, but going to Souls, I mean going out of Souls, you know, like it was I was like, okay, I wanna I do something for you here, Lord. Like here in Walmart. I know it's a secular place, but what can I do? I like I don't know, multiple weeks went by. I was like, Lord man, I'm not doing anything. Cause I don't talk. I didn't talk to the customers. I only talked. I had a team in the back, and that was us. Like I saw the same people every day for all the hours I worked for the whole summer, and it was good. But I just didn't really get close to them too much. And I was known as that like that one weird positive kid with ponytails and knee pads. So <laughs> that was that was funny. But anyways, it it was really a really nice experience because I felt. At one point, that was really dying spiritually, spiritually just dying. And I was like, Lord, this is, this ain't it. Like, I don't know how I'm going to survive like this. Like, it's a, I only been in Souls for one year. I go out and it's like, I'm in like a world war, man, spiritually. Like, what is going on? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, like I've had, but I had certain experiences where like I met these people and this one particular person, his name is John, and he was uh, around my age, just a little bit older, but he has a horrible life. Just crazy things happened, and let's just say it was pretty bad to the point where he's never had a birthday in, until, like, his 22nd birthday, which was when I was working at Walmart. And, oh. like, I was like, wow, like, that's crazy. That's your first birthday. What was your childhood like? I was like, man. I had it pretty good. Anyways, so he invited me to his get-together party thing or whatever. It was like at Applebee's at like 1 o'clock in the morning. I was an overnight shifter, right? I was a graveyard shift. That's what they call it. So okay, I was doing that all the time from 2 in the afternoon to 2 the next day. So, you know, that type of thing. And, yeah, we just went and had fun and even in that moment in that little place where everyone was drinking i was the only one drinking water they thought it was funny but yeah we started talking about what i wanted to do in life and i was like all right i can't hide it i want to be a missionary for the lord you know i know we're all drinking right now but that's what i want to do and <laughs> all of them were just like super taken aback they're like whoa like what's going on here so it was so cool that even in that moment, we started talking about a little bit more spiritual things. So weird how like, you're not really, 
I always hear, always hear this all the time. You know, some parents, you know, they have they have some reason for saying this, but like, don't go into places that you shouldn't go, or else, you know, the angels are not gonna go in there with you. You know, oh, yeah, they're not gonna that. follow you in there. It's just like, <laughs> and you know, at that moment, I just knew that was like, yo, doesn't matter where I am, the Lord is gonna be there. You know. Mm, yeah. No, I feel it. I believe. Yeah. It. Yeah, and after we left, so, you know, there's something that they asked me. They're like, oh, yeah, why why is there something different about you? And I'm like, guys, I'm going to sound like the most cliche person in the whole entire world. But if it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be here right now. And, you know, I I'm, I can't say that they're Christians because of that or whatever. But it definitely left the seed that I never thought I would have been able to plant there otherwise mm. if God didn't give me the opportunity. So yeah, it was really awesome to be able to experience that. And yeah, even in my whole entire life, but sometimes like at the end of Walmart when I was about to leave, we were talking to this young guy who was he was so much younger than me, but he was like doing all these like crazy drugs. He was like, Oh yeah, what's like the good job? And I was like, Man, I can't really relate with this. Like, what the heck? This is this is interesting. I remember because I kind of like was downplaying myself a little bit in the car but john which is the person i worked with right he turned and he was like you know you're the first person in my whole entire life that right when i met you and started hanging out with you i've never wanted to be the same person anymore and i was like wow like that was mm. that was something i definitely needed to hear like i even almost started crying in the car i was like man like Lord, you really came through. I was like dying here spiritually while I thought it was. And he he still came through, did amazing things. And so I was like, yo, like doing his work doesn't always look like knocking on a door, giving somebody like a Bible or like a book about Jesus. You know, doing his work is a lifestyle. Doing his work is something that when people look at you, they're like, you know, and I was I was I was actually thinking about a about a topic not too long ago about whose shadow are we actually living under and are you okay with living under somebody else's shadow? Because as Christians, we're actually called to live under Christ's shadow. And sometimes we like to be noticed for what we do. However, if you want to be an actual Christian, you shouldn't ever want to be recognized for what you do. You should always be recognized for what Christ does in you. And how he works through you. That's what people are able to see. When I when like when yeah. people walk up to me and be like, wow, I see something different in you. I know they're not talking about me. I know they're talking about Jesus. So of course I'm gonna want to live under his shadow. Mm. So like, anyways, just like it's just so powerful that like when you live under Christ's shadow, like that's something that's like so humbling, yet so amazing when you fully embrace it. And some people, it's just like hard for them to grasp that. And I learned how to just grasp that just a little bit more. Like, I don't mind being the center of attention. I just want people to recognize that I'm with you. Hmm. Yeah, man, that's good. That's good stuff. Um, so I kind of want to wrap up this. I kind of want to wrap up, but we were we stopped off with you Bible working after souls, right? Um, you're sharing what God has mm-hmm. done for you, right? Like sharing that with people doing Bible studies. And um, at this time, you're dating Christy, right? 
Yes. Okay. I am. Um, and then so, so after Bible working, like what, what was the natural progression of stuff? Like what happened? Um, after Bible working, I. And okay, let me see. Okay, so yeah, after by working, I went to work at Souls West, so the school that I graduated from. I actually became a staff there. I could be able to help out students, learn them how to lead, and it was really cool. It was really awesome to be able to get that experience, and that's when I, yeah, I think that first year, that's when I met you. Yeah, yeah, first year. It was, it was cool. Um, that was really amazing in my progression with just everything when I became a staff and I became like a leader and all that stuff I think I found out what it meant to like really care for people and really like have like a heavenly father like taking care of you and looking after you and all this stuff it was like how I was treating people sometimes it even like like even when I was like still dating Christy like there were some things I would say and do that I'd be like wow like man how could I love somebody that much like that's probably how much like God wants to love me too you know like mm. why am I pushing him away so much like <laughs> I remember like I could say this okay but she would sometimes push me away because like I think we get hard and like <laughs> and Sometimes I would want to be close, but like I can't because she doesn't want me to be close, but she kind of does, but she doesn't. Anyways, this confusing thing. And I feel like I do that to God too. Like he wants to be close, but <laughs> yeah. I'm like not letting him. It's like this whole entire thing. I'm like, man, this is like, you're giving me like mad revelations right now, Lord. Because it's just throughout the whole entire thing, my whole entire like soul's experience with each and every one of you guys and all of your classmates and all of the certain trials and things I went through, I learned how to have a little bit more compassion, a little bit more empathy on how to work with you guys and how to just work with people in general and what crucial conversations look like. What does that, how does that play into how God works with me and loves me and loves the other people so I could be able to love them too. And yeah, and so um, after Souls that first year, um, I went to Summer Leading and then after that, um, me and Christy got married. And I was Ooh. just like, so amazing to be able to have finally, like somebody that's been a far away. Cause when I was working in Seoul, she was working, um, well, when I was working in Seoul, which is in Arizona, she was working in Pennsylvania. And so that's like very far. And so we would actually take, like, sometimes it was like, honestly, it was like two days or like one full day and then two half days because of flying and everything to go see each other because that's how little the breaks were um during this time before marriage and then i mean finally came together it's just like wow this is cool and yeah now we're working as souls now it's really awesome to be able to work alongside with my wife I, even to this day like thoughts of unworthiness sometimes still creep in because guys temptations never stop they never stop they always come and, you know, we got this um, board game. It's called Eden's Conflict. It's so, I don't know if any of you have ever played it or if you have ever played it, Jonathan, but. I don't think so. Um, 
Anyways, it's just talking about the mind and everything and how temptations continually enter. You have to fortify your mind with the armor of God. And I think it's so awesome because no matter what, temptation is going to come. Sometimes it comes in ways that you're like, wow, like I know something is bothering me, but I don't know what it is. So I need to identify it so I could deal with it, but I don't know where it's coming from. So then you have to work through that. However, there are other temptations that they come that they hit you around the face. Like they don't, they don't try to hide themselves. And sometimes it's too much to bear that you don't have the armor that you need to overcome it. But when you do, when you spend time with God, when you grow and fortify your mind and work with him so that he could um, build you up, not that you're doing anything other than just staying close to him and building your relationship with him. But when those temptations come, no matter what they are, you can know that your mind is fortified enough that even if that temptation comes, you know, like, Lord, you have built me up for this time. And now you could do your work, take this temptation away from me and it will happen. Mm. You'll be blown away. It's just so amazing to be able to see that it, like in my whole entire life and up until now. So, yeah, just to finish off, like, it's just like awesome to be able to see what God can do to you and will do to you through you if you just let him all you need to do is stay close just like uh a dad or maybe anybody like sometimes the, the father figure is not really a good thing for certain people in their brains like whoever it is right if whatever god needs to be to you you know I just pray that you'll be able to stay close to him, to have him be your Abba, so that he can lead you. And while you're staying close to him, he'll be the one that protects you. So, yeah, it's just like so cool. So cool to see what God has done. Hmm. Yeah, um, I've been learning a lot about like God as a father recently. So, like how you said, like, you know, he'll be your Abba, he'll be your father. Um, like, if you look at the prodigal son, right? Like the story of the prodigal son. Um, the father like always identified the son as a son right like if you put yourself mm. in the father's shoes um like if that son is asking for his inheritance early right the father didn't see like a worthless um like a slave or anything he was like oh my son is asking for his inheritance early right when the son went to leave his house right and go into the world the father wasn't like, oh, look, there's like some trashy little kid leaving my house. No, he said, that's my son leaving my house. Um, when he when the son was partying in the world, right, doing whatever he wanted, like living recklessly, the father wasn't like, oh, like, I don't care about him. No, he was probably praying for his son, right? Like he was praying for his son. Um, and when the son came back mm -hmm. and he was like, take me just as a servant, he was like, no, you're my son. And the whole time he saw him as a son, right? And um, a lot of times we we can think that sometimes God views us differently because we're like, you know, oh man, I just did this thing. Like, you know, does he view me differently? But like you said, just like, be like, no, he's my father. Like he's Abba, my father. And um, he calls me his son, right? That's what the story of the prodigal son is about, that he was always son. And um, yeah, man, I've been studying a lot about that and it's helped me to understand God's love more um, in my life. Oh yeah, that's 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 powerful. Don't forget that you are a son, because once you're adopted into the family of Christ, you know, like 
Yeah. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah, Ephesians 1 says that, like, we are adopted as sons into his family, like you said. And it says, like, he gives us every spiritual blessing, right? Because, like, what father withholds good gifts from his children, right? Like, um, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, like, if a f- if your son asks you for bread, are you going to give him a scorpion? No, obviously not. He's your son, right? So you're going to give him, like, what he asks. How much more your father in heaven, like, gives good things to those who ask? So it's like, bro, he's my dad. Like, he loves me, you know? Like, he gives me things. Like, he loves me. He answers prayers. Like, he... Uh, he gives me every spiritual blessing. He fills me with his Holy Spirit, so I have the fruits of the Spirit. And um, that's where you live by. You live by this, like, knowing who you are in Jesus, that you're his son. Yeah. You know, it's always interesting, even in, like, the concept of prayer, that I was, like, watching this thing, and there is a question I was asked to this certain man. It's like, what did, what did you gain ever from praying? And he said... You know, I gained nothing, but let me tell you what I've lost. I've lost depression. I've lost mm. my anxiety. I lost my sadness. I lost feeling like, like I could never be saved. And, you know, it was very really interesting because he finished off with the phrase, you know, sometimes you always think that um, that when we're physically getting something, that's when we, like, like it's good. However, sometimes it's better to lose something in the, like it's when you're losing something, it's almost like you're getting something because instead of gaining so much cool stuff that he could have got, he lost all the stuff that hindered him. And so in losing his old self, he gained Christ and that helped him. And so I think that's just so awesome. Mm. Yeah, kind of like what you're saying, like he's a good father. He likes to give us good things. But sometimes, you know, and in that good thing he's giving, he's taking away also that bad thing that doesn't yeah. like help you anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm forgetting the verses right now, but Paul says that like the where he's crucified the flesh, right? Like we no longer live by the fleshly desires, but we live in the spirit. Um, And that's what you're talking mm-hmm. about, like where God takes away those desires right? He takes away those things. Like, I think I was talking to, I think it was Sam in his podcast and his testimony where he was like, dude, I was just reading the Bible and I just didn't want to do drugs anymore. Right? Like that's, wasn't my desire. Mm. Right? Like he takes away those desires. He gives you a new heart, a new mind. Um, and yeah, something you said, I forget what you said now, but, um, I forget what it is, but I'll just share what it reminded me of. Actually, today, bro, today when I was like going up the ski lift, I told you I was snowboarding. Um, but when I was going up the ski lift, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was just telling me something. And it, like, I just felt like, yeah, it, basically, I, I remembered Daniel and his friends, or, or not Daniel, but his friends when they were um, going in the fiery furnace, right? Mm. They said, Oh, I remember mm. what you said now. You said, Because we like to feel things, right? But we don't need to have things, right? Um, they said, they said, like, our God will deliver us, but if he doesn't, right, um, we still know that he's a good God, and, you know, we still believe in him, and the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me, and I was just reflecting on my life going up on the ski lift, and I was like, you know, for me, I was living under that, but if he doesn't, then, man, it, maybe I don't believe that it's true, right, that's the, but if he doesn't for mm. me, right, but the, but if he doesn't, way that we should live is, 
But if he doesn't, that's okay. I still believe in him. I still live by that. Like, I still believe in his promises. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just a really yeah, cool he's moment. Still God. Yeah, like, he's still yeah. God. No, that's powerful. Yeah. And what you said reminded me of that, that um, even if he doesn't, you know, or even if we don't feel it, even if we don't see it, right, he's still God, and we can believe in what he says is true. Because what he says is true, right? Like, when he speaks... Like when the work, when the earth was created, he spoke and it happened, right? Um, so like when he speaks, things happen, right? Like whatever he says is true. Like there's that, there's that idea where it's like, God can't lie, not because he, because like morally, but because when he says something, it literally happens, you know? So if he's like, there's a unicorn outside, like there's a unicorn outside because like his word just has power. So when we look at the Bible and see, yeah, yeah, when we we look at the Bible and see like his word concerning us, we can be like, okay, well, what his word says about me is true, right? It has power. And um, like when it says like, you know, 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, is that it? Where it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. 5.17, 17, it's 17. Um, 21 is the righteousness one, but, um, second Corinthians five seventeen says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And that's God's word speaking about us. And that's truth in our lives. You know, like, just like when God created the planet, he said fish and a fish appeared. Like when he says that about us, it's true. And we can live by that. Mm. Amen. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything you've been studying in your devotions or anything recently that you're like, man, let me share that? Yeah, there's a few things that have really caught my eye. One of them is the fact that it's just a weird concept, but, you know, did you know that God did it make everything good there's something that god made that made that wasn't good the tree in the garden of eden that you're talking about no not what i'm talking about you want to take another guess or you want to just say oh i'm trying to think um dude honestly i, I wouldn't know say a little phrase it is not good for I'm blanking. No, it's, it's it's not good for man to be alone. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Genesis, right? Out of all the things, yeah, yeah, in Genesis. So in all the places, and all well, just all the things that God made, he made something that wasn't good on its own. Mm. And the thing that helped that is creating Eve. What's really interesting is Eve and Adam is not doesn't only have to represent just marriage and couples. You know, yeah. it's just community, just a sense of community, having somebody of your own kind that's that gets to you like nobody else does, you know? And yeah. 
you know, God understands everything. However, sometimes we don't understand that he knows everything. So when we have community, it really helps us with that, you know, and, you know, I do know that, you know, people do live longer when they have a bigger community yeah. and they just have people that they could be open with and connect with and everything, you know, and it's interesting how important it talks about community in the Bible. And there are times where people are alone and they need it to be alone. And sometimes we need to be alone too. However, I do sometimes hear the phrase that, you know, it's just, it's just me and Jesus and nobody else. Mm. And I just have a hard time with that only because, well, yeah, I know it's, it is you and Jesus. You're right because you're not going to be saved by anybody else. However, why is the church here? You know, why are there yeah. other spiritual people here? What are they supposed to do? They just supposed to be in their own lane? I don't think so. I think it's perfect to have accountability. And I'll just say this. I know you've heard this before, but I'm going to say it again because I don't know how many people have heard this before. But there's this experiment done with rats. And I mean, they've done many experiments with rats. But this particular experiment, what's called Rat Park, there's this rat. And by himself in a cage, he had two little bowls of water. One was normal water, and one was morphine water. And naturally, this rat would go to the normal water. He would drink there and be good. One day, he gets a little curious, and he wonders, as he looks at the morphine water, hey, why, why is that just sitting there? Like, what is that? Mm. So he starts to get curious and he goes over and he tries it for the first time and he has his first high. It's something that just like changes his whole entire brain. He's like, well, I've never felt something like this. Not that we actually know what he's thinking, but you can imagine like, <laughs> you know, yeah. when somebody gets yeah, high yeah. for the first time, it's just like amazing, you know? So... This rat is having an amazing time. You know, next time, instead of going to the normal water, he's like, man, that felt good. Like, I'm going to go back to that. So he goes back to the morphine water again and again and again until he has built an addiction. And when the addiction is there, it almost seems, even though the water, normal water is still there, that it's not there in the rat's mind. Hmm. Because he doesn't want the normal water anymore. He wants the morphine water. And anyways, he goes to the morphine water, he overdoses, but he doesn't die, surprisingly, right? He overdoses, he doesn't die, they picked him up. After he passed out, they put it and they put him in this place called Rat Park, which is just many rats. So the rat wakes up, and this is just in any any scenario, when there's a new person in the scene in a new place, people just get curious. Even humans do this. So Rats do the same thing, just any animal, right? There's somebody new. Whoa, who is it? What are they doing, right? So they're gathering around this rat. They're wanting to, I guess you could say, hang out or whatever. But in this cage, though, in this rat park where there's a community of rats, they still have two bowls of water. One is normal water and one is morphine water. What's interesting is that every single rat that's no, that was originally in that community all went to the normal water. However, the only one that went to the morphine water was the one that already had an addiction that was by himself mm. not too long ago. And 
he still went to the morphine water. He still did because he had the addiction. However, what was so interesting about this whole entire experiment is that over time, he actually started going back to the normal water. So much that even when the morphine water was there, he never went to the morphine water ever again. What changed? Community. That's what changed. Mm. It's so interesting that uh, a rat broke a whole entire cycle of addiction solely based on community. That's powerful. That's something that we need to really learn how to incorporate into our lives. But what is a community? Where where do we find a community, right? For example, like what you were just saying, the three Hebrew boys, Daniel and his friends, like, right, when they're getting captured, they purpose in their heart. Like, imagine, like, if he was doing that alone, he would it would have been so much harder. But he had friends. He had friends that were going to do it with him. The four of them, mm-hmm. even if it was just four, that was a community that they stood yeah. strong and they stayed with God. It made them powerful, right? Right? Just because of community and that God was there in the midst of them. And so where two or three gathered, you, you know, I am there. So that's powerful. And they survived so many things, even getting burned. Oh, well, not getting burned, but going into the fire, not getting burned because Jesus was there. And yeah, that was just like a super crazy experience. However, there is also bad community examples what does a bad community look like what do i not want to be a part of samson right think about samson and the philistines he went and he became friends with the philistines people who wanted to kill him ended up gouging out his eyes because of the community that he kept close to him Hmm. so community is so important that i feel like we need to really understand and sometimes find the right community and learn how to be a good community to other people. Cause sometimes, man, I, we, I mean, we've been in it. We've been in certain churches that it's like, man, like there ain't nobody that is going to be part of like a yeah. good community in here. This feels like a Sam Sam and Philistines like type of vibe in this church. However, like, yeah, I feel like people need to take a minute and like really contemplate like, yeah, it, if I were to be with somebody, would I be a good person to be in a community with? Mm. Like, would I be? Am I a person that encourages, you know? People go through their things. You know, sometimes they're really horrific and you can't even understand why somebody would do that. But, you know, like, how are you going to change that? Like, are you just going to push them away just like everyone else is doing for them to just end up dead somewhere? You know? Like, okay, that's a little bit extreme, but you kind of understand, like, are you a good person to be in a community with? Like, just just think about it. And yeah, just, it was just really cool to just have this, I guess, certain type of study of what community means, what it looks like, what you should want in a community. Um, yeah, it's just awesome. And it was in the midst of a community that the Holy Spirit was able to partake and come down, you know, in the Pentecost. Yeah. It was in that community that the Holy Spirit came. So it's, anyways, it's just so cool, you know, to have, to know that you're not alone. You know, it's it's always good to know that you're not alone because God is there. However, when you know you're not alone because other people are there and God is there, oh man, that's just like, that's so powerful. It's something that you'll never find anywhere else. And I feel like God gave that to us so that we could be able to enjoy it and give it to other people. Yeah, I like I like how you said that, you know, like 
like as a church like what is our job as to be like as a church what is our job and it's you know to help believers right like to build that community right so we can strengthen each other build each other up um and then i like how in acts when it talks about the church right it says that you know they pulled their money together and they like shared it and like bought food for the poor or something it, it says that they like just helped people mm. right and that's another thing of community where we literally yeah. help other people um and mm -hmm. i like i also like how you said that like do you need alone time yes right like I, I heard this quote where it says solitude isn't bad like sometimes you need solitude but it's isolation that's bad right um, when you isolate mm. yourself and you know you're you're by yourself like just you like like you said like it's me and jesus right like yes but you need that like community as well i i like how you put it it's awesome yeah it's just i realized that even having a community for myself that's what's really made me grow you know because god works to other people to help you grow and you know you it really helps to know that there's somebody fighting alongside you that's kind of like may not be going through the same thing that you're going through but you know that you guys are fighting together with jesus so it's like it's good it's healthy mm. yeah i like how with community we can just remind each other of like who we are in christ remind each other of like what he's done in our lives and um like if you are starting to like struggle right then we can remind each other like bro like like who are you in christ and then you're like oh yeah yeah it's like a like i said like you build each other up right it's like a community helps mm -hmm. you to remember who you are yeah yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's powerful yeah yeah well, thanks hopefully for... that answers your question yeah, yeah yeah well thanks for coming on dude um is there like two sentences of what you just want based on your testimony based on community based on just a little stuff that we're talking about like at the end here um is there like just a sh statement that you want to leave people with um just so that they can remember feelings are not lord and we know that feelings are not lord so if feelings are not lord no matter how hard it is to hold on to the truth Just have it in your brain, even though it's hard to hard to feel it, quote unquote. And don't be afraid to get help. It's never it's never bad to ask for help, even though it's humbling. It's never bad to have somebody to carry the burden with you. Don't give the full burden to them. Don't give the full burden to them, but. If you need help in carrying your burden, find somebody that will be willing to carry it with you. I think that's really important. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Um, powerful story. And thanks for sharing that about community. Man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This is really cool. Be here. Yeah, dude. Thank you.